What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for movies that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, adapted, and are otherwise not the first in its franchise, and whether or not you need to keep going back to these various wells. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this week, another long-awaited movie is finally out. Ghostbusters Afterlife is here. A Paul Rudd vehicle, the fourth movie in the franchise, but the third in this continuity after, I don't know, 15 years of updates of if they're shooting, what they're shooting, who likes the script, who doesn't. Now it's a video game. Now it's coming out, now it's delayed, now it's delayed again. It's finally here in theaters. A lovely tale of uh, the, you know, legacy of one of the Ghostbusters. Obviously, we're following Hale Ramis's family from the films that we didn't know about. But I seemingly he had d- during the first movie, based on things that we'll talk about later that I thought I saw, but maybe I'm overthinking it following her this nice little girl is trying desperately to fit in but can't but doesn't seem to care and isn't a science and accidentally stumbles upon the ghost of her grandfather and goes on a uh what i thought was a delightful little adventure of mystery and fun and let's get into it terrence you're uh a much much bigger ghostbusters person than i am though i do love the franchise and love this movie dearly so what did you think yeah, I'm a I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. If anyone's watching the video of this, my shirt and the little figures, the figures behind me, I no, no, this no, was, those are all new Ghostbusters. These, toys. This is the new stuff. Yeah, that's Lucky Trevor, new uh, pers- fan, fake fan. <laughs> not, you're not a real fan. Where's I the, want some original, just the old, real yes. Ghostbuster <laughs> toys back there. Exactly. Um, yeah, the '80s. I mean, I didn't see the original in theaters, but I had an older brother, so by around the time that I was six or seven, I got my first taste of the original Ghostbusters and fell in love. And I saw that second one in theater so many times. So I've, I've been looking forward to this. This has been that thing, that film that we've been kept hearing about for about 20 plus years that, oh, there's a Ghostbusters 3 script. There's an underworld back-to-back film script that Dan Aykroyd wrote and it's, it's ready to go and everything's happening. But Bill Murray is holding it all up. And that's quarter where our fandom has been stuck for years and years and years. Uh, and then, so this finally comes around and it's kind of like that release. They're like, oh yeah, there's, there it is. There's that sweet, sweet uh, release going back to this world. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I could not stop smiling from ear to ear from start to finish of this film. Uh, McKenna Grace is a delight. Phoebe is pitch perfect. She's the, the movie. She's the heart of this movie. And whether or not you get nostalgia and it beats from other characters she is fantastic to watch and i could just watch her do this character all day because it, it's fantastic the, the deadpan the one the jokes it, it she is annihilating this film and i know jason reitman has always said that his his entryway into even making this film was just like a girl in a cornfield with a proton pack and that shot of the girl in the proton <laughs> field and proton pack is pretty damn powerful and amazing that's oh i can see how you got you got your script from this um it's a also acts as a love letter uh, to Harold Ramis, uh, which is beautiful and kind of tear jerking and brings everything all together in a, in a, a nice little bow that in ways that I didn't think that I was, I was going to get. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It is, it does a, a lot of like the Force Awakens and like the Halloween where it, <laughs> a lot of the 
jokes and setups and story beats come from the original. But I don't have a problem with that for the first if, for the first film in what could be or what might not. We'll talk about future in a little bit. I don't have a problem with that because it's been so long <laughs> removed since we've gone to this world. There's a lot of people who have no idea about this franchise. So I think using that as a vehicle to kind of come back in is perfectly fine. Um, I don't think if we go back to this, I think if we go back to this world again, I would hope that we do get a little bit more original. But for this one take, I'm, I'm fine and, and I'm willing to kind of like sacrifice that a little bit to reinvent this world because it's been a long time coming and uh, it feels good to be back. I agree. I think it's funny because you, you brought up and we're going to talk a lot about fan service and if this connects to a new audience or if this is just for us, the old people, <laughs> yeah. uh, the olds sitting around with their Ghostbusters. And you're right. We are now kind of at, in the middle since really 2015 with, with uh, Star Wars coming out of a lot of movies being told not from really the perspective of let's make a new story and keep the story moving forward, but of this like hyper nostalgia and if you almost like if you're not in the club you're not going to get in now which is kind of a, a weird way to approach a movie in a world but i felt that this movie did a good enough job in its structure and with phoebe specifically in avoiding that because i thought the opening itself was so compelling and such a directionally different world than the 1984 movie that I just didn't care if we rehit some of the same beats. I immediately was like, you know, because the first movie is from 1984, which means it has 1984 special effects and it has, right. you know, molds and, and practical and some old CGI. And as a result, even its big bombastic action sequences are in these very wide static shots. It almost is almost all on sticks. Or it's on a sticks or, or yep. We're not doing a lot of like quick cuts. We're not doing a lot of close-ups. We're not doing a lot of like shocking things. And a lot of the horror comes from almost the comedic beats and these more body horror, how things look, how it reacts. The reaction to this, it, yeah. This movie, we so quickly get this race through this cornfield that we've never seen. Gorgeous. And this these weird up close shots of just feet and hands and faces hidden in shadows all because we of course don't have Harold Ramis, but, but it works. It's a, it's a cheat code, but it works. Yeah. And it adds a sense of mystery. I think if you're not in on the game, correct. if you're new to the world, you're instead watching and going, well, who is this shadowy figure and what is he running from? And why is it so terrifying and that death moment in the chair i also was like oh we've never really done anything that intense in these right. movies we're now able from i think both just the nature of film's evolution and the technology that we have we're doing like blumhouse cuts now and we're getting up close action and the cornfield beating around these other two movies, really all three of them have always had this city setting and removing them from that, I think forces you to do some, some tricks that you didn't really have before. Yeah, you get more like the, it's a haunted house too. So you get more into the house having echoes and, and dark spaces and dark corners that you can't quite see into and something can jump out of it. Like it, it provides itself to being more horror than like 
the typical New York City uh, stuff. I, I also agree that like the, the action beats in this, because just at the time of those, those first two movies, they really didn't have action beats. It literally was just at the end of the film, they would have their versus this, and it's just the four of them or five of them standing and shooting at something. And that was that was the battle finale. This, you have multiple actions. That car chase sequence through the, 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 the war is phenomenal to watch. It's something that like, I, as a Ghostbusters fan, having Echo 1 and all these toys when I was a kid, used to play that and think that in my head, but never had a film or live action version of it that like, ah, that is what I've been talking about in my brain this entire time. And now I got to actually see it. Which is very reminiscent, I feel like, of how people also played with and interpreted like Star Wars toys. And when people went back to even uh, Empire, a lot of those action scenes were very mm -hmm. slow and loose. And the Obi-Wan, Darth Vader fight in A New Hope is a very good example of just like, well, this is what we could do. And then, you know, you got to the prequels and you had the, the expert martial arts yeah. with Darth Maul and these giant you know, shots on Geonosis and Attack of the Clones and this long fight of Revenge of the fight. Sith. And yeah. it's like, pretty much the consensus is always like, well, the prequels weren't as good, but man, those fights. And I feel like we get kind of that same essence here now where we never really drove around with that car chase in those first two movies. We never really stalked a ghost the same way and shot proton packs at glass bottles. But I do also want to talk about Phoebe and these characters because I think Phoebe was so good in it and her character was so great and her performance was so well done and her story was so interesting that I simply didn't care about anybody else. I like every time we went to, you know, do Stranger Things Light in the diner, I was just like, I don't care. I want to get back to Phoebe. I don't need to watch this 15-year-old try to hit on this oh, girl and get picked on. Like yeah. we 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 like time warp to the 80s and i'm like this is the weirdest not it was a weird thing course, because they're like but... this, this they're saying the city exists but that, that was a like a sock hop type of diner that they were at and i was like i don't know what we're doing here and that's cool i'm glad that finn is here i don't care go back to phoebe please <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't until we really got him behind the wheel and we brought the team together that i was like oh this is great you've got podcast controlling the remote control car and he's the driver and she's the gunner and this is great coordination it wasn't until he had a purpose that we were like ah that's why he's here he's the he's the mechanic he's the winston of this like he's fixing yeah the car. yeah and i and i kind of wanted to get there sooner i was like i felt like that was maybe a little more undercooked than phoebe's story but it was still really good and i i think his catharsis also was well earned i also liked having somebody old enough to have uh, known about the ghost stories in Manhattan. Because I think one of the interesting things when we talk about like, well, why are they so young? Well, one, that's sweet, sweet money. We gotta keep making these You're gonna movies. keep doing these. <laughs> uh, but two, it makes sense when you're sort of rebuilding a world to pick people young enough that might not remember it. And, 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 and also kind of, you have to build out this like, well, the ghost sightings went down and right. like, we're not really active. Correct. Anymore. You want to make it seem that there's been enough space where that these things, they are now a myth. They are like that ancient, like Sasquatch. And there are people in between them, like her mom knows, is aware of who her dad was. She's like, I'm not telling the story to my grand, to my kids, because I don't want them to have any type of legacy to her. I love the Carrie Coon stuff, by the way, the mom relationship and her finding and going to the basement and seeing the photos and like that was, I was like oh that's 
that's the gorgeous. Homer Simpson moment. Don't forget you're doing it for her. The yeah. Maggie makes three C. Yeah. I thought I was like, ah, oh, man, we're just doing, we're just doing the Simpsons. Man. They are. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. It's yeah. a great episode, but we're just going for we're it. We're just going for it. I'm glad we got there because I, I was getting a little like worn out on all of her scenes. Just oh, being like, I hate science and I hate my family. And I was like, we got it. I had. You're now on a date with Paul Rudd who doesn't age. So why don't we just enjoy that? Just enjoy this vampire man you're with. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there too. I was like, okay, she's got one more time to do this. I hate thing before I, I just, I am done with this. Um, I knew it had to lead somewhere. Like there has to be, they're, they're hitting this so hard that it has to come out on the other side of this. But Jesus, we went, I think we've had like three different sequences where she's like, I hate my father. He's trash. I, I hate him. I hate him. And it got to be a lot. <laughs> right. And there was never outside of the like abandonment, there really wasn't a reason. But that's also why it was interesting when we get to the uh, Maggie Makes Three photo board. And there's like a date of like her in 1980, whenever. And a part of me, was she around when Manhattan was happening then? She's at the age where she could be, could have been. I was like, it's very interesting to add that in the back. Of yeah. Like, well, and you know, he had this family that we never <laughs> he had a kid. About. Yeah. Yeah. Which almost is like, oh yeah, that's maybe rude. He is <laughs> that. that's kind of an asshole thing to do. <laughs> but they did a good enough job with Phoebe and having moments with her in podcast of being like. Well, I communicate differently and I feel things differently. And I say, oh, but inside I'm vomiting about Paul Rudd mm -hmm. and my mom doing the no pants dance. Yeah, I don't, I don't want any of that, but this is just my reaction. I was like, that's a good enough almost justification for her grandfather's uh, similar way of expressing himself. Mm -hmm. And I almost wanted a scene with everybody at the end of the movie when everyone's together and they're done. And Bill Murray's like, we're gonna go have Coco. I was like, show me the Coco scene because I yeah. want I want moments where he's like, you You're communicate exactly like, like yeah. Him. I I, I know, wanted he that loved too. you guys, but he didn't know how to express it. And it I was, was missing. Like, Give me. That's that's the one beat I wanted to. I was sitting there. I, I'm exactly with you. I was sitting there like, when you have Coco, show me that scene. Even if it's a post credit, I just need him them to recognize in her. Oh, you're just like your grandpa. You are the spitting. Uh, uh, image of your grandfather, and you have all of his mannerisms and his personality as well. And I wanted that, and I kind of I wish I had it because it was that was the one piece that I was missing. Yeah, I was like, I wanted more of just the. I'm sure there's a word for it, but like just character moments of of them together. But everything else I loved. I thought Paul Rudd stole the movie. Him showing Cujo to the kids and, and Chucky play, uh, <laughs> fantastic summer school substitution his interaction with great. with with phoebe when they first start when he realizes that she's smart because he's like all oh, these kids are dumb this is we're in summer school and like their interaction is just great i love everything that bridged that together i love that he was a fanboy he was a fanboy of the ghostbusters he's like wait this is this is amazing you don't know who these guys are that's which cool. is also very interesting like world building parts of the movie because paul rudd knows everybody his age and older knows and the conceit is that ghosts exist Yet there is still this sense in the town that Egon was crazy mm -hmm. and no one listened to him and nobody cared. There's still a sense that no one believes in ghosts anymore. And I think that was kind of my only little, like, I need a little bit more, more just tight in those screws. You're getting into the Star Wars problem of like, how did Palpatine not kill all the Jedi? Yeah. Like, we saw that. But then, like, 
no one Grandma Tarkin was in the Clone Wars. He's with another general and a new hope that guy is just like Y'all that's laughed at that fake religion. And it's like everybody in that room should have been like, dude, you saw no. all the Jedi die. You've seen we every watched single it Jedi. Yeah. happen. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's a Even weird like thing. Even like Ray and Force Awakens is like, Luke Skywalker is not real. And it's like, what? <laughs> you yeah, it, why? It's a weird thing that exists. That just happens in this franchise a lot because from Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2, they are not taken serious anymore. And you're like, guys, that was three years ago and we saved everyone. But now you don't believe that ghosts are real. Something has to give. I just see, I think people, we've seen how this world goes. There are going to be people that black. I've I've seen it with my own eyes. You, you've doctored that photo or you've doctored this and that. So there are always going to be those, those doubters that exist all the time. It's just like, at some point, you're right. Get get in or get off the pot. We, we, we can't keep going back and forth. These people were that. Now you can still say he's crazy. That's that's a separate conversation well, to say he's he was a ghostbuster. <laughs> you know, you obviously have people today right now who believe certain things may or may not be happening. So I'm like, right. okay, fine, I buy it, but it's just it's a it's very selective memory that I feel like these movies do to have the balance of not really wanting to build out their world entirely and also have the courtesy of being able to restart with a new audience. I feel right. like they're like, well, she can't just be the next Ghostbuster. We have to. Just she has walk to, to get her the family and yeah. ghosts haven't been around, and because otherwise it is sort of like, well, what happened? Because you also don't want to make the original Ghostbusters, any of them, really a villain. So even having uh, him, you know, have the conversations, Ray Stentz being like, "Well, he screwed us over. He took everything yeah. left, and we're out of business because of him." I'm like, "Well, you don't want to run that too hard." But it's also a very interesting buyout of like, everybody could still believe in ghosts and he could have just run from it. But then right. it's why Men in Black kind of does it well, where we just keep everything a secret and we're always erasing we're always, That's the thing. It's so small or and the few times that it does get big, we're just going to erase everybody's mind. So it always takes it back. But these things get so large that everybody knows like the entire world is aware that in new york city some crazy shit went down yeah we're watching a... youtube videos <laughs> right. about it and yeah. still like even when finn wolfhard is like well you know i'm aware of the stories i was like are, but are you guys aware that one of them is related to you because then we have those beats where it's like why didn't you tell us mob and i'm like how did she not tell well that's you? what's crazy like phoebe i can get because she was she didn't believe in ghosts she hadn't seen any of this but trevor seemed to have said some type of knowledge of this and should know that when we're he's going to driving this house, the car around with the logo on <laughs> right uh, he oh. almost should have been like i picked this one because it's and podcast is like in on it he so knows he's the ecto one pull yeah he's like oh, he shit. should have been like whoa <laughs> right uh, yeah. which is the one thing that I feel like we always now add into these movies also is like the fan. There always has to be somebody like us who's in the world to be like, wow, that's the Ecto-1 yeah. and this is a ghost. And it's like, we don't need, I, don't need yeah. <laughs> I did like his character more than I thought I would. I, 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 I thought originally hearing his name, I was like, oh, he's going to be annoying. I don't want this. But the interaction that he and Phoebe had, they worked, they worked really well together. So it wound up playing off and, and being fine. Yeah. It was it was interesting, you know, because I was like, oh, we're gonna name him podcast, and he's gonna yeah. run around recording. But man, the jokes they had with it just worked so oh, well. so well. He's asking, and... he's asking her to make jokes, and at the the button with him at the end. Yeah, just, the, that button it. is fantastic. Yeah, I I laughed really hard at the button at the end, the closure uh, payoff for him. So yeah, no, it worked. What I what I 
did not expect to get out of this was in addition to getting all the heart and family stuff, the lore got expanded, which was pretty cool here to see that Harold, uh, to see that Harold Egon had been around and had been basically had it set that these ghosts couldn't get out. He had protons set up and that- the, Oh my God. I was like, that is Those went amazing. Off. Yeah. <laughs> that was some of the coolest shit. Yeah. When all four of them just went off and I was like, oh man, he's been suppressing it this whole time. <laughs> I was like, that oh, is fantastic. I wasn't yeah. into the movie. That's when I was like, two tickets. I don't to go broke. We're coming back. That's so dope. Yeah. It was, that was fantastic to watch. I was like, oh, he's been doing this and to see how the years they come back every now and then. I was like, and that this whole plant was one big trap. I was like, okay, he, he's been in this. This is great. I am all in it. This is the world that we're building. It's like, this has been something bigger than, than what we have just been seeing. Cool. Yeah, that was awesome. The trap on the farm, all of his work, J.K. Simmons down there. Yeah, yeah. All great, all <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I don't know if we need to warn about spoilers. We've been doing it. We've but, been doing it. It's yeah. um, Obviously, everyone's back. I mean, everyone's everyone. back, Terrence. Yeah. Harold Reyes is back. Yeah. Which, yeah. it's, I loved it so much. I did. When the hand grabs the gun, we're at the end. Gozer's awakened. I guess we could talk about, you know, the dogs a little bit, the Walmart yeah. stuff with Paul Rudd. Because once you get there, we're off to the races. You're gone, yeah. Paul Rudd's yeah. in Walmart shopping, and you see the mini Stay Pups, which was some of the most delightfully charming murders I've ever seen. <laughs> they were just I happily murdering each other. It was, it was adorable. Yeah. That was all great. We get both of our terror dogs. This time, they're just going for each other. Yeah. We're down in this giant luigi's mansion temple now we've got everyone up phoebe's doing her stand-up routine for her. i loved it it yeah. was so good uh, all of that was incredible and then we're we're there we're we the had last that fight of the last fight but i love that I, I don't know why this it all of a sudden reminded me of like back to the future type of adventure because them getting the trap and then moving to the other farm I was like oh this is great we never would have seen anything like going like we said earlier in the past because was just because you were stuck on like location in one spot the fact you can go from one place to another I was like I'm in you you're now you now have sucked me in I am fully invested because this is, reminds me of the stuff that we used to get on the animated show that we could not just do in the live action form which is also funny because like we did you know there's no giant stay puffs there's no giant anything but mm -hmm. I, I thought well, it's probably good because we're not in the, we can't fight it the same way in the country. Like, what are they going to do? We're not going to do another right. snow speeder thing. So it's like, okay, it makes sense. Get them all on the ground. This is it. We're really going to go for it. Last fight. And then they show up after a very nice conversation in prison with Ray, yeah. which I enjoy. But I was like, man, this cop's just letting her talk to this guy a full -on combo for a with while. This. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked that. The, the prison stuff was also great that was all very fun and we're there they show up i kind of wanted them to show up sooner i did too i wanted them in the, i wanted them in the movie a little bit earlier um and i get that the story is more so about phoebe and, and and her mom sort of coming to grips with their legacy uh so i get why they weren't off but i just i wish it was a little bit sooner that they came around or at least one of them came around in person first 
it just felt, ah, uh, I was like, this is very much literally the last frame, few frames of the film. Um, yeah. But I did love, a part that we didn't really talk about, and I was like, oh, that got a little dark, is when Phoebe grabs the photon and is about, like, the, was about to oh, she's wreck about to shot, I was guy. like, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, she's in it now. She's figured out who she is. She knows who Grandpa is. She knows what she wants to do and what she wants to be. And her party was like, that's right. That's right. Fuck You're not stopping people. me. I'm going to F them and F this place up. <laughs> I loved opening up the trap and letting Muncher out to rip everything open. Smart. I, that that's what I, I was like, these kids were thinking, I think, more than, even though they were scientists before they were highly educated, these guys were thinking more on their feet of how to, like, let's get this going. Let's get moving. The gunner seat, she was becoming a effing pro with that thing towards the end there. Oh yeah, I was, and it, it it didn't bother me because the partner was like, "How hard is it to intuit a gunner seat and a remote control RV?" Uh, so I was like, "It works. I don't need to watch. I don't need a to, I don't need a rocky train. No, I don't need you to over over articulate yeah. how this is done. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I got it. It's a gunner. It's you know, inverted controls on the GameCube. It's fine. <laughs> right. I'm not. I'm not upset. I loved it. So then we're there. The original Ghostbusters get knocked down. Everybody's been knocked down. Phoebe is now the last one standing, and the ghost of Harold Ramis shows up. I my which, heart my heart jumped, which is great for a lot of reasons. Because I think originally, way back in the day, Bill Murray's pitch was like, well, "I want to be the ghost. I want to be I, I want to be a ghost." He, yeah, he, the only way he wanted to do a sequel is if he he was a ghost the whole time. Uh, uh, and they were like, it's no. a little, it's a little unnerving that we're at a point in technology where we can do this this well and he looked that good uh, like it that's didn't, yeah it was scary i was like this looks really good because <laughs> we did the hand and i was like great and then we just showed him i thought and they I were going like, to keep him in shadow like they did at the beginning this? i was like, oh, they're just going to keep him in shadow there's no way they're going to oh no they're we're in it that's him <laughs> shot and you know it was great because we got to give everybody a little goodbye we got to do these great moments of i should have called more and i should have believed you and i'm sorry and i think the only one who didn't really apologize was bill murray who was just like i thought you'd show up but yeah. i was like that's great this that's, is all that's very in character be, yeah still in character and i i love that because it's also a tenfold to I, their personal life in real life that bill and harold were not until the last couple of weeks before his, his passing had not been speaking for like a long period of time. So this is like, oh, this is a part of part of that as well. So that look that he gives when he, they, they fade off, I got a little misty eye because I'm like, oh, this means- Oh, lot. I started crying. Yeah, I, was, I, was like, I was in it. We're yeah. hugging the grandson. <laughs> yeah. We're making amends with the daughter and hugging the, gra the granddaughter. Like, you got me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it just, he never speaks. It's all in his eyes and his face. And you're just, oh my God. It's yeah. little like nods, but it's like, would you, it, you almost could read it as it'd be like, you should have, but it's also him just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, fine. it's okay. Like, I, yeah. it's, yeah. we did it. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> we locked him away. And then, and then, and that's the movie. I mean, that's it. Then we get two post credit scenes, one with Sigourney Weaver, which I just thought, was kind of whatever it's here's the reason why that exists and I, and I know why they do it and it's smart there are a lot of issues i love ghostbusters one it's great vanquin comes off as a bit of a pig in that movie and so this is sort oh, of well, a yeah. flip around to like all right let's give him a little bit of his comeuppance here 
with the character that you you know and love. There's a couple of things that are interesting. She does have a wedding ring on there in that in that shot, and it looks like they're in a home office. So I was wondering, like, are they married to each other? They don't really say. We don't really know. And I didn't really check to see if Peter had one on his. But that would be cool. That would be a kind of a cool thing to have. But it was just more of a play on the shocking ish stuff that he used to do, and now he's sort of getting his turn at bat because for being the pig all those years, um, which is cool. You, but you're right. It doesn't really do anything for the for the franchise. And it's like the ending was so big and yeah. emotional and awesome. If you didn't have that, you're just kind of like, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was more so just crazy because all they were going through the list of people that are like, and this person, and this person, what's Sigourney Reaver? And everybody's like, hold on. Did I miss Sigourney? Like, right Which before is you think also of it. like, you pulled the rug out a little bit. I was like, Sigourney Reaver's on the show. Oh, this is just a bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that second post credit scene though yeah. and i got terrence I, i'll get to tell you something i this whole time was like they figured it out we figured out ghostbusters this is great i did actually like the one in 2016 so we've I, to me we've always had it figured out um but now we got to figure out men in black a franchise mm. i love very much and there was those, those rumors of a crossover and that whole time i was like we could still do a men in black crossover and at first, when he's like, this is a coin from the World's Fair, I was like, are you about to show me <laughs> at the World's Fair UFOs from Men in Black? Are that we about dope. to do I, for a second, was like, no. <laughs> not. Tommy Lee Jones is not about to show up. <laughs> I would have lost my mind. Obviously, that's not what we're doing because it's not ready yet. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut, you know, she's got a second coin. We're in the post credit scene. Ernie is now going to buy the firehouse back. It's not really a Starbucks. Yeah. It's all there. He's going to get the team back together. I was like, let's go. Let's do it's, it. It was, it's such a smart way to end it for two reasons. One, it actually makes one of the things that has always been sort of the case is that Winston Vedmore has always felt like an afterthought with the team. He's sort of been like, oh. Uh, Which they the have another afterthought in this movie too. And I was like, we got to give that other girl a little bit more to do. We're making, we not made, yeah. we keep making this mistake, guys. Yes, yeah. and it's always with the, like the, the dark person. You're like, hold, hold on, guys, fix that. But um, at least in this, they do kind of give him, and he's like, I'm always a ghostbuster, but it's like that job taught me that I can do whatever I want to do. And it gave him sort of a purpose in life. And he became this, and he's like, I'm always a ghostbuster. And so for him to now be what looks like he's going to be the sort of financier of Ghostbusters, he can, he, they got enough money, like I can back up some insurances too, because we're going to blow some shit up. So like, I can, I can be that. And to have him come in, that was cool. And what's great is this ends where the story with these guys could be over. We might not get that team back. We could, but it could just be like, we are now setting up, we're bringing the firehouse back and we can have whatever team we want to. So now Ghostbusters is open that I hope that it becomes sort of this world, kind of like we're Star Wars, where different directors can come in and kind of do their, whatever they want to do, their version of it with whatever team they want. But we already have the, the, the blueprint or the guideline of like Winston's the, the, the spearheader of this. Here's the firehouse, let's go. And yeah, I, mean, I think that's, Clearly what they were trying to set up was we, we're not going to have to worry about financing anymore. We now have everything we need to just go. Right. So as long as the box office behaves itself, correct, we're off to the races. Yeah. Definitely. But it was also a good enough little wrap up to be like, but if we don't, we're fine. This here. is a great ending. Correct. That's the, it's a twofold thing because it ends their story for sure. And like, this is a good ending. We can be done with this if we want to be. But if we continue on, if we do see if there's enough of an interest, we can continue this on and go go from here. 
So that's the movie, which leads us into the why. I love the why because the why is always the money, but the why is always more interesting than the money. Uh, so I guess the first thing to really talk about is like, we obviously both really liked this movie. Why, why does it succeed so well? And for me, one of the things that I think both Ghostbusters and Men in Black, which is really just Ghostbusters with aliens. Um, Correct. They're both great. <laughs> I love them Which both. is why we should have a cross. <laughs> um, is that they take the science of their world seriously. Mm -hmm. The joke is never like ghosts. Right. All the comedy comes from the characters in these situations and everything else. And I think something this movie does do very well is take that science and family and friendship seriously. We're never punching down on anybody or making fun of anybody or like laughing at them. We're down with his spores and we're looking at all of his, mm -hmm. his plans and maps and his settings and we're never making fun of that stuff. No. It's the same thing that Beetlejuice does very well about. We never really make fun of the, the business of the afterlife. The cult is that's old. just the setting of the That's movie. a given, right. And I think that's kind of one of the issues that people have with the 2016 one is like everything was a joke and there yeah. really wasn't a, a serious thing to hold on to. But it's also very dry, like those first two movies were. It's, it's a mm -hmm. very well-timed um, that's for me where I was like, oh yeah, this is like a, a Ghostbusters. This is the brand of this movie. It feels more than the DNA of the, the, what the, where the Ghostbusters, the first two were. Um, and, and I agree. I think that, that ladies Ghostbusters, you like it more than I do. I just think the comedy was, the comedy was its main focus and it be damned of having heart or kind of any type of let's take this serious. And sometimes the comedy was like four different versions of a comedy. And that's why it just it didn't quite mesh. Uh, and, but I think this feels more in line with the DNA of those first two. This feels like it's directly kind of all together. Even though genre-wise, I feel like where well, those are more like supernatural comedies, this almost, it's a supernatural comedy, but it leans more into being an adventure film like or come like then it does it has a lot of amblin yeah it does it does it has a lot of now you'd also see stranger things but i think that's the the curse the DNA of that show yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is a very amblin-esque show right but it has a lot of those adventure beats get the team together learn about what's going on figure out what everybody's good at everybody has a role to play nobody really feels ancillary uh, it felt very 80s, even with like these teenagers picking on him in the diner. And I know that yeah. that's probably the cheat code of that nostalgia is like, well, you just slap it in this diner and it's going to feel like it's that right. time. But yeah. uh, and having this, you know, kind of town in the sticks, I think also very naturally makes it like, oh, it's, it feels everyone's a little bit behind here. Right. Yeah. No one's really pulling out iPhones or anything. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think that's where it does well. And that's what's interesting. We brought up The Force Awakens and a lot of other people have brought up, you know, we've been doing this. We're about to do it with Spider-Man. We did it with The Force Awakens. We've, we've done it with everything post then, these, these things that keep coming back and the nostalgia and fan service factor of it. And I think one thing that's interesting is, you know, Spider-Man's a very good example of like, we're about to get like the most nostalgia fan service <laughs> Spider-Man movie ever. Yes. But the reason that it doesn't work as well there, and people obviously love Toby and love Otto Octavius, love all these things. I do too. But these movies never went away. 
Yeah. We got one every two years and then a reboot and then every two years and then he was in the MCU it's, and then every two years. Always been there. Animated. It, this brand has never died. Star Wars, you know, we'll never be as excited for Star Wars as we were for The Phantom Menace because we used to let franchises end. <laughs> like Not anymore. Like, Re- Return of the Jedi happened. You had the Power of the Force 2 toy line for a little bit after that or Power of the Force 1, which doesn't matter. One of the toy lines, then it was mm-hmm. done and Star Wars was gone. Yeah. Until the Power of the Force 2 line in the 90s, that's what it was. And we re-released it when we got this movie out of it. It is the same way I think people feel now with Ghostbusters, where it's been gone long enough yeah. that it does feel nostalgic. And I don't think we really let anything rest that long anymore. And I, I don't even know what else is left because we've now mined all the horror franchises, all the yeah. sci-fi franchises. So the the like what I've been calling like weaponized marketing of nostalgia, where we are just like, remember the brand of the music and toys? It's yeah. back. Yeah. He's like fading out. I don't think we have any more like He-Man's back in circulation. So that was one of the last ones. So like, yeah, I don't think there's anything. This was sort of the, the last one. And 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 let's be honest, I'm gonna be like perfectly the, the main reason this one is has not has gone away is because of Bill Murray. Like Bill Murray was holding the rights. They all had like 25% say of what where they could continue on and he was holding out. So they couldn't do that until he gave his his blessing and his okay. So like after 91, where the cart that first cartoon went away, there there have been us, my fans, foaming at the mouth for this. And we would just kind of like anytime we would get something, like that game exploded because it was like this is this is technically going to be Ghostbusters 3 because we're never going to get to do it. We're like all the voice actors are back like well what how the hell did they get everybody back all right i guess that's what we're going to drive to and then we sort of always have to find that that little crumb that we can get get a taste of this again and that's why i think for me outside of me i don't think it's that good of a movie but I'll, in addition to that i think the ladies the paul Feig ghostbusters gets a bad rap just because it has no connection and i think if it did at least have some type of tie-in People may have been a little bit more reticent to accept it, but because it didn't, people are like, well, that's not what I want because I need to get back to that world. Right. I think that's the thing that a lot of people are realizing now. When you're going to do the nostalgia and the fan service, you have to, it's such a weird balancing act because I'm a fan and I want to be serviced, but I've also seen it where it's in the way. And sometimes it does get a little like too winky and you're like, yeah, 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 we got it. And it, I didn't feel like that happened in this movie. I, I felt either. like I felt like we did so much in the first two acts to just build up Paul Rudd and, and Phoebe and podcast and this new world and this house and this ghost that's helping her and all of these things that are now going to be threads for the future. And then only at the end, the third act like, gets missed up. Yeah. Stay Puff Steer, Gozer's here. The original team the is here. The that, Ecto one is right. here. We do. We it, call it, a couple of callbacks to jokes from the first, but that doesn't, like you said, that doesn't come into the third act of the film. Like, and I feel like, and maybe I'm just incorrect because maybe I just love it so much. And I'm like, well, whatever, I'm the fan. But I also know that I want the fan service movie once. And I, and then I'm ready for the new. So anything that that comes from after this better be brand. Like I need to be completely flipped on the If we're fighting Vigo in the sequel, I'm I'm going to be like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And it's a part of the Uh, way, like I like Star Trek uh, into into darkness, but the reason I don't love it is because it's literally following the exact same steps of the the stuff that came before. 
Right. You sometimes get a little too like, hey, remember? Remember all <laughs> right. the things? It's yeah. all here. We did it. And you're like, I guess. Like, But I think the difference here, um, and I'll use the 2016 Ghostbusters, even though I like it, and I'll use, I'm sure another movie example will come to me, but I'll stick with that one because it's in the franchise. The original one did nostalgia in the way that they went, the logo's here, the theme song is here, we have a new song remember all of these things but they didn't really do the work of like what does it mean and what's the weight of it and i feel like this movie was like hey it's all here and it means something right we're not just showing you the car we're not just showing you the logo we're, we're not, not just, just putting together four people right. right we're we're really trying to build something and we understand thematically what it means and this time I guess they've all kind of used it this way. We're going to use it as a way to find yourself through family, through career, through states of mind, where it's like the first one, they all had to find each other as a team and work together. And this is so much Phoebe and even Ernie at the end being like, well, this is who I am and what I believe in. And we have to do something. And I think that that's like the deeper connection. I think it's something that the force awakens like balanced on where it was kind of just like, well, Luke's lightsaber is here and we want it to be the Excalibur. Yeah. Why? Anakin's lightsaber, I think that one that he uses was tossed, tossed. to him in episode two Correct. by a random Jedi. He, has, he doesn't yeah. care about it. No. He drops it. Obi-Wan only picks it up in episode three because a new hope came first and he gave it to Luke. And then Luke drops it off with his hand gets cut <laughs> off and then it's gone, gone. forever. It never comes and back. And now you're like, well, you know, it's like the sword and the stone. What does that mean? Yeah. Luke's also not, like, he's not King Arthur. He doesn't right. have a round it's, table of Jedi. Especially with what we get in from after that episode. You're like, well, none of that mattered. <laughs> it's very, it's, yeah. which I like. That's what I like it. That's oh, I love Last Jedi that it just flips it. It's like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, who cares? Like, it, it's... Yeah very odd and I you know I think we kind of got away from that we sort of figured it out but there was a while where even like the amazing Spider-Man reboot had to have a lot of like remember when we did this in Spider-Man wasn't that fun yeah we're doing movie, it again guys and I like and I really like I really like Amazing Spider-Man but I think it's at its best when it's like cool we've gotten we've done all the beats that we're supposed to from replicating that let's do our own little thing here and I think that's what's going to help it Ghostbusters connect to a new audience this time is that we're not we're not really talking down to anybody or pandering to the fans we've just we've given everybody a good entry point I think we talked about like just that intro itself if I was a kid I would be like I gotta know all this yeah Uh, I need to know and you know maybe just that in but that ending's for us like the the three showing up there but they also do a good enough job of connecting heard this event in Manhattan and this company and this person and this grandfather and when we call they're out of business and then they show up in the third it's not like they just apparate in the script correct they're all they're always the seeds of them throughout the thread of the film yeah so I think it works I think it works a lot better than other examples of movies that have kind of just been like and the fan service is getting we're getting a little too like remember guys but 
Yeah, I don't. Halloween. I didn't get that feeling at all for the first two acts of this film. Um, and then when the third act happens, it's more of a just a joy, a warmth of joy that comes over. Like, ah, yeah, that's right. They're still around. Because um, I think this handles it very delicately. Because it's you got to think about it. This is also introducing an entire audience to this world. So while we are being reintroduced to this, it is handling it in a way that this is the first time that people are, our kids are seeing a ghost trap. This is the first time that they're seeing the PKE meter. This is the first time that they're seeing all of this. So some of this stuff is kind of their first entryway into it. And I think it handles all of that delicately, but we, as the adults of it, who are taking those young folks to see it, they're like, yeah, this is, this is great. They're, they're doing a great job of, of getting you into this world. Um, and I can't wait till we go home and then we pop on Ghostbusters 1 and 2. I'm like, this is, what, this is who those old people were. This is what we were doing. Right, it kind of got that vibe of like, now you can go home and share this and you'll yeah. find some of the real Ghostbusters on Crackle, a service everyone has. Everyone has. I looked for the where those were, I'm like, why is this here? <laughs> yeah, right, and they're also free on YouTube, but you know, they're there if you really need it, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think probably the worst example of fan service I can think of is, um, Die Another Day with James Bond, where we just constantly were like, this is from Moonraker. This is what you, yeah. Isn't that fun? <laughs> this yeah. Is... yeah, that is one that, and then we had to course correct. And whenever that happens, you go so far to one way and they're like, ooh, we read that wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. It gets a little tiring when it's like everything. But I mm -hmm. think now that we've done everything, I'm like, great, we did it. All the nostalgia is done. Yeah. We got it. Like <laughs> we. I can't think of any other franchise now that I'm like, ooh, we gotta give that treatment next. Now it's time to just properly adapt to video games and then we can reboot those in 20 years. Correct. That is the next uh, hurdle to uh, climb over. Right. But I thought it was great. I want more so badly. I want yeah. the Men in Black crossover so I, badly. I really hope, I mean, I'm, I, there's twofold things that I'm happy about for this. I hope the box office is decent enough, but I'm glad that their, their budget is low. Like this only costs 75 million. So they're already at their halfway mark, which is pretty, pretty damn impressive. Between this and it looks like the fans at least really enjoy this. So I think if nothing else, if they can get to like the 60 to 70 in box office and then get the rest on DVD sales, I feel like this is a world that we may get to play in more uh, if it's if it holds. Luckily, there's nothing that competes with this for the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's weird you say that because technically Resident Evil's next week, and I Which feel is like that should compete with it. Bizarre. It's Sony, and there wasn't this... even a trailer for this movie attached to Ghostbusters. That's what I was like. Do they not even care about Resident Evil? Like, just throw that out there. We don't. Nope. Care. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I thought it was all great. So that's our show, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around. You can, of course, leave us a review on our podcast app. And let us know some examples of fan service that you don't like in the YouTube comments. Because now I'm curious. Now I'm sitting here and I'm like, maybe it's not as bad as the media is hyping it up to be. It is sometimes very annoying. But I'm like, I can't think of too many times where I've really, it's taken me out of the movie. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm just a fan. Maybe I just, that's the problem. I want the service. And you can, of course, subscribe to that YouTube channel where we have all of our other trailer reactions that Terrence does in movie reviews. And stay on the podcast for the next Marvel pair up, which will be Hawkeye and Christmas movies. And another season of You Can't Do That Anymore soon about movies that maybe you can't make in today's world. And uh, I do another podcast called How Do You Figure About Toy Collecting. We will see you all 
next week, probably.